On today's show, we have got some breaking news. Giannis has signed an extension, something that we certainly discussed over the last few months, but probably did not expect. The report suggests three years, $186 million. Not a bad day's work for Giannis there. We're going to break down what it means for the Bucks. What led to this over the last month? And ultimately, how does this help Milwaukee moving forward this year? And beyond. Max him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. My name's Kane Pittman. You can see and hear me on this show Monday to Friday and also find my work over at ESPN. Alongside me, the founder of Brewhoop.com and longtime voice of the podcast, Frank Madden, and one half of the new hosting duo of Locked On Bucks from next week. But I'm really sorry, Camille, you don't get to host the Yana Sun in an extension show. This is me. I'm going out on a high note. It's Camille Davis who is going to take over hosting from next week with Justin Garcia. And this is a pretty exciting way uh, for me to to ease out of the show, but also, Camille, for you to to really get comfortable in the host chair. It's obviously a pretty exciting day for Milwaukee Bucks fans, and we thank everyone for making this your first watch or first listen of the day. And uh, I'm sure uh, it probably caught a lot of people off guard, but we appreciate the support. If you haven't done so yet, uh, drop a like, a comment, tell us how you're feeling, subscribe, and turn the notifications on, uh, because we also are only two days away from opening night. So it's a relatively big week for the Milwaukee Bucks, and we appreciate the support. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code LOCKEDONNBA for 20 bucks off your first purchase. Uh, Frank, we know that uh, you're going to have some thoughts here. I just, I just quickly want to go to Camille first, though, because, Frank, we have discussed the idea of Giannis signing an extension. It seemed like maybe it was more likely to happen next offseason. Giannis even indicated that uh, during media day conversations there but for that reason Camille we didn't actually even bring up on the podcast yesterday that the deadline to sign an extension was coming up today and out of this extension for Giannis and the extension that came back in 2020 this one last time we were panicking we were stressing what's going to happen with Giannis and this one just snuck up and came out of nowhere but I have to say it's a pretty nice notification when you get that from Woj on Twitter a pleasant surprise, a pleasant, pleasant surprise, because like you mentioned, I did not think that Giannis was even thinking about an extension this summer, this year. I mean, in large part, he mentioned it himself. You know, he made the joke about it's not about a lot of money. It's about a lot of effing money. So I'm like, <laughs> I'm not mad at it. Like, I am never going to fault a player for trying to get as big of a bag as they possibly can get. So I was just fully expected to go through this season, the first one with Dame and Giannis kind of being like, you know what, let's see how this works out. You know, next summer, if this, you know, if everything's still looking up, I will sign the contract here and then. But no, you know, he signed it now. And um, a big surprise, like already said, but it just it reiterates everything that he's already said, which, again, is none of this is new. I am always going to say that I want this team around me to be a winner. I want the Bucks management to want this as much as I do. 
I'm not here for rebuilding. I'm here for winning. And, you know, I guess trading for Dame is a big indicator that, you know, the Bucks are also in on this for the long haul and having his extension go throughout the course of Dame's contract as well. I think it's a great observation point for him to continue to keep pressure on the franchise um, about putting a team around him that he thinks can win. We spoke about the idea of putting the Bucks under pressure a lot, Frank, and I loved it. I, I did not have a problem with his comments prior to the Damian Lillard trade because I said he should be, as the superstar in his franchise and everything he's done, he should be letting the team know that, hey, if you don't show me that you're going to spend the money and you're going to make the required moves to stay in contention, then yeah, maybe I will leave. Now, did it ever really cross his mind? Who will know? But three years, $186 million is a lot of cash, and this now has a player option for the 2028 season, which feels a, a long, long way away, Frank, certainly from where we sit today. Uh, so maybe walk us through some of the financial stuff after your own thoughts, because I don't think it doesn't seem like with the potential extensions down the road that he is shortchanging himself as much as it would have been led to believe. Yeah, I mean, when we talked about his options this summer came before kind of all the you know, uh, hype built about him potentially leaving and the, the comments he was making and, and saying that he wasn't going to sign it for financial reasons. We all thought he was not going to sign, but it was really more just the because of kind of the wait and see aspect of this from kind of just a franchise perspective, right? Like, eh, you know, like no rush to do this. <clears throat> you know, he's got he had two years and a player option left coming into this season. So it's not like there's some existential like reason that it has to happen right now. Um, so we, I know we were kind of like, yeah, it's probably not going to happen, but we didn't think it was necessarily just because like, well, he's going to want to wait a year so that he can get a four year max extension rather than, you know, merely $186 million three year extension <laughs> this year. Um, Cause the reality is, I mean, as you're alluding to, I mean, the amount of money he's making every year, like it doesn't really change based on this, right? It's just, if he had waited a year, which, you know, like there's some risk, right? In theory, like maybe there's some injury that he could have had in the next year, which could have impacted his his downstream um, earning power. Probably not, right? Given what we've seen, right? Kevin Durant tearing his Achilles, um, what, in his early 30s and immediately getting, you know, a max contract. I mean, with guys of this caliber, you typically, someone will pay you the absolute max. And I think the Bucks certainly based on their history probably would have done it, you know, regardless of, you know, some, some downside scenario that might've happened this year, but the flip side is, I mean, you know, does Giannis expect that at the end of this contract, you know, he's, the Bucks are not going to be giving him another max deal. You know, again, he's going to be into his early to mid thirties at that point. So there's at least a chance of that, right. For various reasons, but in practicality, this is, you know, a massive amount of money. And the other kind of ironic part of this, I mean, if you really only wanted to maximize your year-to-year -year salary, you'd probably do what LeBron was doing, you know, towards the later stage of like his Cleveland days, which was basically just always taking these one plus one contracts because the first year of any contract you sign is if, you, if it's a max deal at, at you know, Giannis's age and obviously LeBron was then, you're getting 35% of whatever the salary cap is that year. And then any year after that is based on getting an 8% raise of the first year of the contract. So there's a scenario if you think, and, and again, but the new CBA limits the cap increases over the next few years, the duration of the new CBA to 10% per year. So you're not going to see some huge spike if there's a big TV deal, which maybe the big TV deal isn't going to be as big as we thought it was. But um, there's a scenario where, you know, if you sign a three, four year contract, 
you're getting 8% raises off the first year. If you were just signing basically one-year contracts every year and the cap is going up 10% every year, you're actually gonna make more money if you just sign one-year contracts every year. So there's always a little bit of that like trade-off going on. So to say that he's, you know, giving up a ton of money by signing now versus next year is not true. Um, you know, the, the one fewer year he's getting on the back end, he very well may make more money in that year than he would have if he had waited a year and then signed a max deal there. But again, you know, at this, at this point with the dollar numbers that we're talking about, they're enormous. And also just for a note for people, because this is a couple years out in terms of when this deal is going to start, Basically, they're wiping away the player option that he was going to have for around like 52 million. They're going to place that with a new deal, um, which again, we don't know actually what that number is going to be. And because of the uncertainty around where the cap is, you know, you're going to see different numbers thrown out. Like I think when we first started talking about the salary, this this deal, it was like, well, it could be a three-year, 169 million dollar deal. And then Anthony Davis signed essentially the same deal earlier this summer as an extension. And there it started varying there. You saw people referring to it as like, it could be $186 million. It could be $177 million. Again, it's all just comes from the fact that we don't know where the cap number is going to be a couple of years from now. It could go, if it goes up 10% every year, it could be worth 186 million. If it goes up less than that, especially next this over this next year before a new TV deal kicks in, then it'll be less than that, but whatever, right? Bottom line, it's an enormous amount of money. Giannis is going to be uh, generationally wealthy his, you know, great, 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 great grandkids are going to be fine. And, um, you know, again, was there a little bit of calculus here? You know, Bobby Marks tweeted out about how, you know, there's a possibility now he could sign another extension in 2026 and then sign another four-year deal in 2028, right before the over 38 rule that would apply. Whatever, right? Like, I think for 99% of people listening to this, Bucks fans, NBA fans, like that stuff is all just kind of over here. The real headline here is Giannis committing his next few years into Milwaukee. As we saw, Dan Miller doesn't necessarily mean that he can't ask for a trade before this contract um, is up or before he can opt out in 2027. But I think if you're a Bucks fan, you obviously have to feel great about the fact that Giannis was willing to commit and he can't, you know, leave in 2025 just by merely opting out of his contract, right? So adding a couple of years to that runway is, I think, huge. And I think all of us too, I mean, we're all checking for those receipts right now. Brian Windhorst saying his the next contract Giannis signed, he thinks it's going to be with a team other than Milwaukee. All the people saying, you know, Mark Lazary knew that Giannis wanted out. That's why he sold his part of the team bubble. Let's 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 do a little victory dance here, in Milwaukee. Feel free, you know, take out those receipts and uh, put people on blast. All the people that said that he was leaving, they're going this way, that way, whatever. Yes, maybe one day Giannis is playing someplace other than Milwaukee, but at a minimum, the Bucks have to feel great that. He wants to make this commitment. And secondarily, you know, again, if he does make a trade demand in a couple of years because things go poorly, you're not going to be stuck with him walking for nothing at that point. You can maybe help him get to a place he wants to go, but extract hopefully a King's Ransom if, if that downside scenario occurs. So, again, just a really good bit of news, unexpected, but also, like, we shouldn't act like this is shocking. It's a huge amount of money he's locking up. And, you know, again, he's probably not going to end up giving up uh, a dime here in terms of his, his total income. So let's talk a little bit more about the the timing in terms of some of those storylines that were starting to form, because I do think we've discussed the idea of pressure on the Bucks franchise, whether it was coming from Giannis on the front office originally, and then the external media that was, that, look, the spotlight was going to be on the Bucks on a little bit of a timeline for where this team sits. So I want to ask Camille about that 
Uh, coming up next, after we talk about FanDuel, today's sponsor of the podcast, and snap into action this NFL season. Uh, maybe not too many people want to talk about NFL, but don't worry about that because all your Bucks news is all positive right now. And you can do uh, check out the odds at FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over and unders, and more. You can see the odds for the season opener against the Philadelphia 76ers, division winners, conference winners, award winners. It's all there. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and tip off the NBA season and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right, so the opening night game against the Philadelphia 76 is not too far away. We'll have post-game coverage there, of course, as we do for every, uh, well, nearly every game right throughout uh, the NBA season. So make sure you join Locked On Bucks, subscribe, turn the notifications on. Uh, so let's talk about the idea of what this does for the Bucks this year, Camille, because if we go back to free agency and I had conversations with you, I had conversations with Frank, what are the Bucks going to do with Brooke Lopez and Chris Milton? The way those contracts were kind of structured, we're still looking at, okay, probably this season and maybe next with Drew Holiday in the mix there as well. It felt like there was going to be major change happening for this Bucks team. Giannis is talking about wanting to maintain a winning franchise, wants to see signs that the Bucks are going to win. And in the space of a month, they trade for Damian Lillard and Giannis signs an extension. And if you talk about Giannis, what he did last time in 2020, the Bucks were under significant pressure. They just lost in the bubble. There was all sorts of stuff going on. Where is this Bucks franchise at? And he said, yeah, we could ride out this season and I could not sign the extension. And this is going to be an absolute circus all year long. And in many regards, he was in the same position this year. Yes, they traded for Dame. And you already started to see some of those questions from media saying, well, you said you wanted the Bucks to prove that you're a winner. They just went and traded for Damian Lillard. So are you going to sign this extension? And he's just like, yeah. Yeah, I am actually. I am going to sign this extension. So in terms of how this franchise, and talk about Giannis, you talk about John Horst and the job he's been able to do with the front office, but the transformation from where the uncertainty was at the back end of last season to where they are now, it's pretty remarkable. It is. We might want to thank the Miami Heat because it seems like every time we have a disappointing L to the Heat, <laughs> you might be right. yes. something good comes of it uh, from the Drew Holiday trade to his first extension to now with getting Dame and another extension. And, you know, what it does for the team, in my opinion, is it takes another storyline away. We know that Giannis and this Bucks team, which takes a lot of his personality traits, it's a team that wants to come in, do their job, get their work in, get better and try to win a championship. They don't subscribe to a lot of the outside noise going on. I mean, we know every athlete to a certain degree hears what's going on outside, but they would rather the storyline be about their play and not any unnecessary drama. So to now have another storyline taken off the table where it's, oh, the summer of Giannis and he spent all this time on these podcasts and the New York Times and he's saying this and Although the other interviews he's doing, um, like he did one at Media Day where he was playing Uno, um, with someone who I can't recall at the moment, but he's saying like, no, I want to be in Milwaukee. I plan to be in Milwaukee. As long as they keep showing me they want to win, like I want to finish my career here. And we've heard a lot of players 
make mention of the fact that they want to spend their whole career in a certain place. I mean, Dame just got here and he was one of those guys too. Like Frank just mentioned that things can change when you see a team is not building around you the way that you think is conducive to winning a championship. And you saw in Portland where Dame felt like he wasn't getting the help around him that he needed. And now you see in Milwaukee where they add a Dame um, and they re up with, you know, his old school running mate here and Chris Middleton. Now at this point, like as long as Giannis has been a buck, Chris has been along his side and he is still, next to him um helping run this team so you got chris next to him they re-signed brooke um at a price level that shocked some people but they brought him back because they knew how crucial he was to this team um and they keep putting the pieces around him and again it just allows for this season to be about hooping and trying to acclimate in damian lillard rather than any other noise around contracts or what else could be happening in his future and lack of photoshops of him and other team jerseys that's going to be circulating so it's just one less distraction for this bucks team to have to you know think about i did see as some of the tweets were flying around and to frank's point i think bucks fans are having a good time on twitter from what i can see uh, so far this morning or so far this evening i saw a tweet from some account that had a picture of Giannis and dame in toronto raptors jerseys and said is this the future plan for the raptors and like one month later Giannis extends, Dame has been traded to the Bucs. I mean, it is a pretty ridiculous uh, timeline we've been living here for the last bit. But there is, I mean, clearly we've never questioned the character of Giannis, Frank, but it does say a lot for him as well, leaning into this, the timing of both times he's extended again. Uh, And the one thing you can't say about Giannis is that he's honest and he's honest in those interviews. and And he, he said probably what he was feeling at the time. And maybe it did uh, put a bit of pressure on the Bucks franchise. Uh, it's one of those scenarios that we'll never really know. What if Giannis doesn't go to the New York Times and says, you better win, this better happen, I want this, I want that. Do they go all in and trade for uh, you know Damian Lillard? Does Giannis then sign the extension? I don't know, but it's going to be one of those hypothetical scenarios we'll probably always wonder about. So Sam Amick had an interesting piece of The Athletic today where it kind of goes back into a bit of, you know, the, the Dame trade history and <clears throat> understanding some of the thought process with interview quotes from, from Horst and Dame and, and Giannis kind of all, all sprinkled in throughout. And, you know, John Horst acknowledges that he, he was very kind of careful about it because he didn't want to make it seem like yeah. he's, he's obviously he's been saying that the Giannis like discussions and all that, the, the comments that he made, this summer that those, you know, I think the Bucks have said like, Hey, we knew all that stuff, nothing, nothing new. Right. Um, but I think if you read that article, I think you can't help, but feel like part of the motivation for going for the Lillard trade was to prove to Giannis that they were all in and that they would, you know, leave no stone unturned, that they would always go for it basically. And if they saw a chance to improve the team, and add, you know, the kind of player that Giannis has never played with, that they would do that. And so, you know, it's interesting, right? I mean, we've seen a couple different kind of blow by blows of, of how that trade came to be. I think Woj did sort of the first one. And, you know, this kind of reiterated again that, you know, the Bucks were not like actively trying to trade for Damian Lillard really until Aaron Goodwin, you know, basically on Dame's kind of word came and, and said like, Hey, you know, we'd be interested in Milwaukee, right? And that, that was pretty late in the summer, right? To be clear, Dame was not saying, I want to go to Milwaukee in June. Bucks were not pushing to make a trade in June. Um, but especially as the Miami options seemed to be wavering and, and Dame saw that, you know, there was not likely going to be a deal there that he wanted to obviously make sure that, 
he would still land in the place that he wanted to be. And obviously the Bucks were were one of, you know, a few options that that he might have been open to. So yeah, I mean, there's a lot of sliding doors kind of components to all this. And I think, you know, it's just kind of a, a bit of a domino effect now when you look at it. Again, do they make ultimately the Dame Lillard trade, if not for the noise that Giannis stirred up with some of his comments this summer? Maybe, right? John Horse would say probably, but he kind of, I think, left the door open that maybe, maybe it was that little extra push and certainly, you know, the noise, right? Um, I think if you're like ownership, right? I mean, even if John Horst is clear-headed about this stuff, you know, if you're ownership and people are constantly now asking you about like, oh man, Giannis wants out, huh? You're going to be able to keep Giannis? What's going on with that, right? Like you got to feel like a little bit more interest slash, I don't know if desperation is the right word, but you got to feel a little bit more motivation to try to figure out, is there a big splash move that is going to, to kind of flip the narrative a bit? And I mean, we talked about it when that trade happened, you know, I thought one of the kind of, obviously the main thing is you get Damian Lillard, but one of the sort of secondary distant secondary effects was you totally flipped the narrative on, you know, well, geez, we're going opening up to camp and, you know, media day is going to be interesting because, Oh, what's Giannis going to say now about his, his willingness to commit to Milwaukee and all that. All of a sudden it's everybody's excited about Damian Lillard. Giannis is excited about Damian Lillard. Suddenly the storyline in Milwaukee becomes how did they, how did they end up being the ones that acquired this, you know, this huge superstar to go with Giannis and completely upends just sort of the negative Nancy stuff that, that obviously a lot of the national media had, had kind of run with. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, again, this is just, <laughs> I don't know what, what was the bigger, you know, death blow to the uh, national media kind of woe narrative. If it was acquiring Dame or Giannis signing the extension, probably Giannis signing the extension. Cause you know, let's be honest, that's fundamentally what, what people are most interested in the kind of photoshopping of, of jerseys. And, um, you know, I mean, Kane, we, you know, we did a number of podcasts here with just people on the network from other teams interested in like what, you know, could Giannis become available? Right. We, we didn't have those a couple of years ago. Um, so, uh, yeah, sadly it doesn't look like we'll be doing more crossover pods with our friends at locked on Knicks or locked on (laughs) heat or wherever else to, uh, you know, hypothesize about, uh, what Giannis in another Jersey might look like, but, um, but yeah, it's just, uh, obviously I think to Camille, to your point as well, just the fact that this kind of slams the door on whatever remaining narrative there might've been about Giannis potentially asking to leave in a year or not signing an extension a year. Um, you know, thankfully this lets the focus be hundred percent on basketball. And I think the team, I mean, again, like I'm not saying that Giannis and Dame and Chris and Brooke and all these guys were going to be sitting around worrying about Giannis signing an extension next summer if he hadn't, right? I don't think, I don't think that's the way they operate. These guys are pros. Like they always have to deal with, you know, teammates not knowing these sorts of things. But again, it, it kind of puts it to rest. And now it's just really about go out and do what, you, do what Dame Lillard came here to do, do what all these other guys have been trying to do ever since they won their first championship, which is go out and, and become champions of the world. So I think one of the other storylines to follow is that uh, Terry Stotts must have been on a bit of cash because uh, he left and it uh, freed up uh, some of the pocket space by the scenes of the Jonas. But no, we'll, I want to talk about Giannis in, in general because we'll break down the numbers and what it means and we'll probably continue to do that over the next few days. But uh, let's just talk about Giannis next and what this means for his longevity in Milwaukee and and the overall legacy he continues to build. We'll get to that after we talk about the game time app, and it's perfect time to talk about game time because opening night 
not too far away. And sometimes buying tickets can be a frustrating experience, but you don't have to worry about that when you're buying tickets to your next big event with Game Time. It's a fast and easy way to buy tickets for all sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you with killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee. Game Time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets, and that Game Time guarantee means you'll always get the best price if you find tickets in the same section and row for less. Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. So download the Game Time app, create an account, use the code LOCKEDONNBA for 20 bucks off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, just create an account and use the redeem code LOCKEDONNBA for 20 bucks off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. So do we need to talk about what this means for... Uh... Glenn Robinson III's future in Milwaukee. Kane, do we need to go deep on that one? Well, we did 10 minutes on that, and uh, <laughs> it'll go down in history. There's no doubt about it. Uh, it's uh, one, of the, one of the great conversations we've had uh, on the show over the, over the last week or so. But Giannis... By the way, Camille, Camille one, of the, one of the things you're going to have to look forward to, Camille, is uh, people watching probably could tell I was just like snacking on a granola bar. Uh Kane knows I love snacking while podcasting. So audio listeners maybe maybe haven't had to deal with this, but Camille, you're you're gonna have to now deal with figuring out like, all right, is Frank actually ready to answer a question or does he have like a mouthful of like crunchy pretzels that uh, that he needs to stay on mute for? Um, but Kane, I figured on our last week I would avoid pretzels. I would I didn't want to do that to you in your uh, in your last week on the on the mic. Well, it's a source of much rage for some listeners more so than me. There's no question about that, but. You just filter through the comments and uh, and push on. The lack the of professionalism, well, Camille. Let's... You're you're going to raise the bar here because this the, the, certainly for me. There's not a lot of professionalism coming from, but between you and Kane, good luck. Hey. Uh, no, Camille, you you'll be in uh, you'll be in a good position. Uh, uh, Frank, sometimes you know if if you're busy, it's it's the perfect person to podcast with because uh, you know, not a lot of prep required. You just uh, team <laughs> team up and <clears throat> wind me up. Uh, and away you go. Give me a spreadsheet. Give me my cap spreadsheet. Wind me up and watch me go. <laughs> so Giannis now, uh, not too far away from turning 29 off the top of my head. I believe that's right. He's already been yep. uh, 10 plus seasons in Milwaukee. You signed this extension. The player option is in the fifth year, I believe, from now. So again, and, and things can change as Frank already referenced, but you're talking about pushing towards the 15 season mark in Milwaukee as a two-time MVP, a championship player, a finals MVP, a generational type talent, Camille. This is this doesn't happen in Milwaukee. This is just not the way it's supposed to go. And again, there's a lot of things that have to have to go right here. But ultimately, you just come back to Giannis the person. Uh, he's been, you know, he, he did that tweet back in, was it 2017? I've got loyalty in my DNA. And I remember looking at that and thinking, I don't know if that, you know, is that going to hold up? Is that could be one of those tweets that people use moving forward? And we're here six years later and he still signs to be here for another five years. Uh, it's, I mean, it's it, obviously the story is remarkable, but the longer he stays in Milwaukee, for me, the greater the story gets. Absolutely. When Giannis got here, he was an 18-year-old kid who a lot of people were unsure if he would even stay in the NBA during his first season. They thought he might be stashed overseas or whatever the case may be. And, no, he came to Milwaukee straight away, 18, by himself. And the city, I've always said, like, 
I looked at Mo, at Giannis as Milwaukee's little brother, where it was like everybody just kind of had a lot of love for him initially because of who he is as a person, uh, the joy that he brings day to day just in life. And to see him at 18 get here and be on this 15-win team, this terrible, terrible team, to go over the course of those years where, you know, we get Jabari Parker and we're thinking, that's the guy. And maybe Giannis can be, you know, his Robin. And that doesn't work out. And, you know, we get Greg Monroe. Like All these different things are happening. And Giannis just kept improving and kept improving and kept improving. And to the point where we're like, we have an all-star here in Milwaukee. We have somebody who is starting in the all-star game. And that was a big deal because it had been so long since we saw something like that. We, like you said, have a generational talent who is happy and loves to be in the city of Milwaukee. And it's something I say often um, on Tech File, and I hope people don't get tired of me saying this, but truly people should appreciate uh, watching him lace them up every single day because title windows are short. We know that. We've seen them close very quickly in lots of different situations. And now we're coming up on a season where we have two top 75 NBA players of all time suiting up for the city of Milwaukee, Milwaukee across the chest, getting ready to go out here and represent the city, and they want to do it. They think they can win a championship here, and that's why they're here to do it. And that's outstanding. Like, we've come a long way from yelling, you know, Del Threno at the Bradley Center and, you know, wondering about uh, Amante Ellis, Brandon Jennings' backcourt and how viable that could be in the playoffs. Like, now we're looking at a Giannis and Dame duo with Chris Middleton and Brooke Lopez and Bobby Portis coming off the bench. Like, it's a different time, and it's something that I don't think any Bucks fans should take for granted. It's something to be celebrated. Uh, again, we got an 18-year-old kid here. And if he plays out his contract, even through like, even if he opts out before that last year, I think he'll be like 32 around there. Like he will have spent almost half of his life here in Milwaukee by that point. And that's something that's really, really special. That's a lot of Milwaukee winters. I'll tell you that. Yeah. And, uh, but, but here's the thing that stands out to me, Frank, because we've discussed it and certainly along you know, my four years hosting this podcast from time to time, you get criticism that you, you, you're not, disappointed enough you're not harsh enough on this Bucks team you, you you're too positive but ultimately a lot of the reason why I felt this way from having the chance to just watch Giannis and talk about him as much as we do is because I did watch the Bucks for 20 years before that and they stunk and you were just like geez an amazing season would be being at 500 so this is now entering the sixth season in a row where the expectation is a title and we already got to see one which was something that I never thought I was going to see in my life, let alone in just in these recent years here. So the opportunity to win more, hopefully it happens for Giannis. And I know there are people that are desperate to build that legacy with the titles and the rings. And I, I get that. That's a big part of, of superstar players, certainly the way they covered these days. But it's just been the experience of watching a Milwaukee team where the expectation is to win, which is just night in, night out. I mean, it's obviously been a joy for us to be able to talk about it, but that's the thing that I, I just keep coming back to. And now he signs another extension. And so you know that the bar is going to be there for a, a few more years. It's unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, expectations are a blessing, right? I mean, um, you know, as, as you guys have lived it, right? Um, Kane, you from very, very far away. Camille and I, a bit more locally. <laughs> um, now, now I'm further away. Camille's at least still local. But, <clears throat> um, but yeah, I mean, that. You know, I think it's like been a progression, right? I mean, in 2016, 2017, 
when Giannis was making that leap to being an all-star, you know, all NBA type talent still at such a young age, I remember just thinking like, I never thought we would have a dude like this on this team. Right. And he wasn't even an MVP yet. I just, I just never thought, you know, that where we'd see that. Right. I mean, Glenn and, and Ray Allen, you know, we, we obviously loved those guys. They were, you know, all-stars, you know, Michael Red, fringe all-star, uh, all not all-star guy, Bogut, you know, a really good guy made, made an all NBA third team, but, you know, never, never big stars, never superstars, never guys that, you know, you could say we're going to carry a team to a championship or just by virtue of them being on your team, you were going to win 50 games every year and contend, right? I mean, 50, win 50 games, guys. I mean, you remember after the Fear of the Deer run, it was like 46 wins, uh, 50 wins next year, maybe. And, you know, it was like this huge thing. And then of course, you know, never trust the Bucks, right? It, it, like kind of quickly, we got kind of throttled and sent back, back to, to earth. But, um, but yeah, to just have a player of Giannis's caliber and then to, you know, and give like Budenholzer credit, give ownership. I mean, the kind of professionalization of this franchise from being kind of more of that mom and pop shop to being one that, you know, was going to compete at the highest level, a new arena, right? Like the permanence of the franchise, right? Like it's easy to kind of take that for granted. Um, but to get all those things and to be able to watch a team that competes at the highest level and, and has a chance to win a championship every year. I mean, honestly, like from a franchise building perspective, like all you can hope to do is just give yourself enough talent, put the infrastructure in place to have a chance because as we've seen, right, this, this Bucks roller coaster, it's still been a roller coaster in the playoffs the last few years. Some years stuff breaks your way. Some years it absolutely does not. And so you can never just kind of count on one year, everything going right. You just hope that you give yourself a long enough runway that you're going to be able to, to hopefully win one. And obviously now hopefully multiple championships during that period. So to be there here to have extended the runway, um, you know, again, there's no fountain of youth here. You still don't have, you know, again, like the young talent to turn this into, you know, like the San Antonio example of, you know, passing the baton from David Robinson to Tim Duncan to Kawhi Leonard, right? Like Bucks are not in that quite in that situation, but that's okay. You know, Giannis is still only 28 going on 29. Dame obviously coming off a monster year. Hopefully uh, you've got at least, you know, two, three years of competing at the highest level and give yourself a chance to win at least one more championship. And that's really what it's all about. And, and the other thing too is, I mean, think about, think about the amount of money that's been invested by ownership, right? I mean, how many years ago? I mean, three, four years ago, people were questioning, like, are the Bucks going to pay the tax? Oh, are the Bucks are going to pay the tax. Are they going to be willing to keep this team together? They let Malcolm Brogdon go. That was kind of like a sign that maybe they were not obviously all in in terms of spending to put the best product on the floor possible. But these last two, three years, I mean, have been remarkable. Last two years in particular, just the amount of money that ownership's been willing to pour in, pay the tax, pay the repeater tax this year. You know, just these little things. I mean, like signing campaign, that's like an $8 million thing given where they are in the luxury tax. Like that's, that ain't cheap to, to add campaign on a minimum salary, you know? So, um, so yeah, just enjoy it. I know, I know we talked about after the championship, like it in a weird way kind of allowed us to really enjoy the regular season without sort of having that like, you know, elephant in the room of like, oh, but are they, can they do it in the playoffs, right? we kind of were able to just like enjoy the regular season for what, for what it was these past couple of years. And I'm going to, I'm going to have that same mindset this year, right? Like I love basketball and hopefully, you know, guys might rest a little bit less this year. We'll see. 
Um, but I, I just can't wait to, to watch NBA basketball again, knock on all the wood possible that, you know, nobody gets any major injuries and that this team can, can largely stay healthy. And we see the best version of this team play most of the season and then be ready to, to do what we hope it can do in the playoffs. But, um, but yeah, I mean, just, just really excited for this season. And, you know, as if we needed another reason to be excited, Giannis making his commitment, um, I think just, again, puts a punctuation mark on just a crazy few weeks in Milwaukee, right? Just think about the last month, right? Like the, the Giannis podcast stuff and New York Times comments, those were not very long ago. <laughs> that was pretty recent. And it feels like we've kind of spun up and, you know, gone kind of full circle. And now we're back to where we were a few years ago, just in terms of like, oh, okay, Giannis is committed. And yeah, I mean, I almost, I, I literally just did the math, Camille, when you said Giannis was going to be, you know, 32 in that last year of his contract. I was like, man, it's really, he's really going to be 32. And yeah, I mean, he's going to, if he, if he were to go to free agency in 2027, he'd be 32 years old. Um, and so, you know, and then he's got the player option the next year too. So um, it's exciting, right? I mean, we know this team is aging, but, um, but the runway is still there. And, you know, again, just let's, let's, let's enjoy the ride while we can. Camille, Frank, let's leave it there for today. I dare say we're going to talk about Giannis a bit more tomorrow and probably the day <laughs> after. And, hey, fingers crossed the day after, after a big opening night win for the Bucks as well. But to your point, Frank, it's been an interesting few months for the Bucks. They lose in the first round to the Miami Heat. They can't even get a stinking shot up at the end of uh, the elimination game. And then if you had a said, look, I know the Bucks are losing in the first round, but they're going to re-sign Brook Lopez and Chris. They're going to change coach, which I know made some people more happy than others. They're going to trade for Damian Lillard and Giannis is going to sign an extension after you just lose as the one seed to the eight seed. I'm not sure that that's the offseason I would have predicted for the Milwaukee Bucks, but they've been able to make it happen. And to your point, uh, I think it brings a lot of excitement and change for this season, which I think Bucks fans are going to be uh, very excited about. Make sure you subscribe, turn the notifications on to Locked On Bucks because uh, let's be honest, it's going to be a fun season to follow the show. And uh, let us know how you're feeling today. Giannis signing a three-year, $186 million extension. Not too bad at all. For Frank Camille and myself, we'll leave it there. Speak to you all tomorrow.